You are listening to Original Remake. This is a podcast where we discuss and compare original film and its remake. Or sometimes films with similar concepts, because just like Hollywood, we are that unoriginal. So this being a movie podcast, uh, yeah, let's get to it. Welcome to another episode of Original Remake. Uh, I am Peter, and joining me as always is my sensei michael i don't know if uh, i was hoping you were gonna go with mentor of some of some sort there podcast mentor <laughs> not like you know the bully i guess or or you could have even gone with elizabeth shoe okay. i do like elizabeth shoe that would be a very high compliment so you are the girl that i'm stealing from another guy Probably not a compliment to you <laughs> in this situation, because uh, I do not look like Elizabeth Shue, but you know, I uh, I did like watching her for the film we're going to discuss today. Yeah, uh, and that film is The Karate Kid from 1984, uh, directed by John G. Avildsen, uh, starring Ralph Macchio, Pat Morita, Elizabeth Shue, and William Zapka. Now, um, for those that are tuning in for the first time, this is a departure. I don't know if we actually want to use, I'm going to use that term loosely, a departure from uh, what we typically do here at Original Remake. Uh, we typically take the original and the remake and we compare those, but we're going to try something different and kind of see how it goes. Uh, so for this episode, it's actually just going to be a straight review of The Karate Kid with the next episode following uh, the remake from 2010. So, um, snack sized is what I'm going with. This is the, uh, you know, if you've not necessarily seen all the films that we're, we're talking about, you don't have to watch two anymore. And more importantly, neither do Peter and myself to make an episode. This is <laughs> one and one. So, we are getting lazier in our old age, <laughs> as some do. Um, <laughs> But, yeah, I mean, I don't know how you want to get into it. Uh, I'll throw it out there now. You and I, we did record an actual original remake episode of The Karate Kid. Um, but due to, you know, technical difficulties, we were unable to release that. It's still possible, but the, the listening experience may not be very ideal. I can assure you that that episode was garbage from content perspective. And <laughs> now, finally... Dear listeners, you're going to get the good stuff. All the stuff that we didn't say that we were holding for, you know, an episode where Skype actually worked with us, that's this one. This is the one you need. And it also saves me the trouble of trying to re-edit and re-record that one. Yeah. So you're welcome. Oh, man. It's and also thank you. <laughs> because it was a really good episode. Um, but anyway, yeah. The, this uh, one's better. Already, this one's better. Already, right tell. off the bat. You you traveled uh, from, from the future, apparently. Mm -hmm. Um which shout outs to Back to the Future for turning 35 recently, but also this movie just turned 36 last week, two weeks ago. I thought for sure you were going to shout out and promote Podstalgic, which I believe just did an episode on that other film that we're not talking about today. But, you know, something I want to start with, Peter, because yes. I feel like you're going to introduce this show to some of your many fans uh as as the, as you're well known as the asian warm baby across the internet i know you're a pinup to, to many people in the podcast community uh your your work over at uh, cobra kai companion you may be drawing in some people who do not listen to this show because we are doing a, a month on the crowded kid and that that franchise but i guess it should be pointed out that you and i are coming at this property in this film from two very different angles i mean not the least of which is I don't host a show that's based and steeped in the Karate Kid mythology. This is true. This is true. Um, yeah, you know, I was considering sharing these episodes with with that 
Oh, group, thank group you. Of, <laughs> group of people. But since you brought it up and, uh, you know, basically kind of forced my hand here, I, I, I guess I, I will have to, uh, to not disappoint those uh, fans. But uh, Pinup, you know, I, I recently did have a listener reach out and ask for an autograph uh, photo. So I'm going to have to oblige. I've never been asked that before. Uh, I mean, these... I've got some. I've got some <laughs> some beefcake photos of you on my, my well, little podcast. Office. Those were unsolicited, you know. I, yes. was just... <laughs> I just said those to you, you know. Um, With confidence that I'm not share. I understand. That's right. That's right. For just your... share the the podcast. That's all I ask. For your you know, eyes I'll... only is yes. is what yes. I wrote for yeah those pictures. But uh, on the uh, the first go round of this, I believe I told you I'd seen the Karate Kid once. Uh, so now I've seen it three times, and that's it. Okay. And so once when I was a uh, a kid and I remember enjoying it, but I like certain scenes, uh, I think I got them mixed up because I'd seen part one and part two. Okay. And so I was getting things, you know, in my mind, it was like one big, like sort of super cut movie just because I had not revisited as an adult. And uh, so, yeah, this is the, the third go around, I guess, twice in the last couple of years that, that we've tried this. And uh, I, I just want to start with not... Like I and you can speak of this more. Like you're talking to younger fans who are coming to this, that weren't of the '80s when this series started. But I would imagine that if you're coming to this now, not as much of a fighting movie as probably what other films that have tried to ape this story uh, become. Like I, there, are, I know there are like martial arts movies about you know young men who are discovering his talents and skill sets or being pushed uh, to better himself. Uh, but I feel like if this was uh, one of those films coming out like in the 2000s, they're going to really emphasize the fighting. And one thing that's, I would say, kind of charming about this one is that you have a sensei, you have a mentor here that's saying, uh, no, you're going you're gonna to do some some chores first for mm-hmm. <laughs> a good long stretch. And even when we get to the fight sequences, they're not what you would expect, I think, through modern eyes. They're, they're very restrained. Uh, and they, I don't think they glorify violence really in any way. No, you, you're absolutely right about that too. Um, I never really looked at it that way, but uh, to what you're saying, there was a movie uh, about MMA fighting called Never Back Down. That yeah, was that's yeah, what I was thinking of. Yeah, very, very much the Karate Kid, but um, you know, more more fighting as well. Yeah, it, it definitely. I never really looked at it as a, you know, I wouldn't consider this a martial arts film. You know, you, you said it's very karate light. Uh, it is very much a um, you know story about one in particular mentor, uh, Mr. Miyagi, and then you know we have Sensei Kreese, which uh, we don't get too much of him. Obviously, we'll get a lot more of that uh, in in the show Cobra Kai, but with um, this one, you do see two different styles of training as well and 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 coaching. Uh, one is all about striking first, and the other one is about defense and not fighting really. So, well, two different ways of I guess. Approaching, you know, masculinity because I mean, all of the students here are teenagers, uh, and even our our hero of Daniel, kind of a hothead. Yeah, I mean, he's like he's not a bully, and that he's not picking on those weaker than him, and he's also the new kid in school, so he's a target himself. But you know, he's he's quick to to anger. He's you know to to go to something I am more comfortable with from my childhood. Uh, he could very well be on the path of the dark side. You know, he's, he's someone that if given the opportunity, I think even when Mr. Miyagi, uh, just in his capacity as a maintenance man, sees this kid uh, trying to sort of teach himself karate, I think he quickly grasps uh, this kid 
wants to learn this just so he can beat somebody's ass. Like he's, right. he's out for vengeance. That's <laughs> that's what he's in for. And it, it is a nice uh, lesson that I think that probably, as I said, modern films don't really lean into. I think they do. They lean into the sports aspect of it. Maybe maybe they're not. You know, I'm not accusing those those films like Never Back Down of saying they want to train uh, these these young men to enact violence as the ultimate answer. But I think they lean more heavily into winning than the Karate Kid does. And there's a competition at the end of the film, but um, I, I don't think that that's like the ultimate goal for any of the, the characters. I, th- I think it's basically just to stand up for yourself. I don't think it's I don't I don't know. Do you ever get the impression that Daniel ever truly believes he's going to win this tournament that he's training for? Never. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and throughout the tournament too, like you know, he's you know you know biting his nails and he he looks nervous. He at no point really uh, I think I ever see any confidence you know in his facial uh, expressions, even when he's you know striking the 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 crane pose. And all that too, like he, the, the, it's, the, there's a lot of uncertainty um, coming from Daniel. I, I don't think he ever thinks he's going to win. It's a. Uh, did you ever see the documentary on the the Ali Foreman fight uh, when we were kings? I do not believe so. No, you should check it out. It's so. I mean, here I am saying like, hey, all these crappy movies glorifying violence. Check out this other movie about these two men who pound on each other, and it's fantastic. It was an epic fight. Uh, but they have this sequence where, uh, at that time, Ali uh, has gone through his, uh, you know, his political stance with the government, which historically he's been has been vindicated. Uh, his stance on not participating in the Vietnam War, so he's lost his prime years, and he's going up like a young challenger, George Foreman, very different from the George Foreman <laughs> grill that we've known that sort of character, like right. a very intimidating uh, man, and he would never. Uh, there, there's a sequence where. One of the reporters says that they noticed that Ali would never, uh, as he was passing uh, Foreman, like in sort of a common training area, he would never look at him when he was hitting like a punching bag or sparring. Like he would never want to actually physically see the punches that he was going to take, like uh-huh. the force that he was going to endure. Uh, because, and he said it was like uh, a way to kind of avoid doubting himself as far as knowing, like having like a visual image of the physical abuse that he's going to take. Right. He wouldn't allow that in his head to train. It's really interesting. Uh, but as you said, very different. Even I've got IMDb up right now and the uh, the clip, you know, that you could hit play on, which I, I won't since we're doing a, a podcast here and that would be annoying, uh, is Daniel and his face um, <laughs> shows no sign of, yeah, this will work. Right. <laughs> it's, more, it's more like I hope I don't get hurt too bad doing this. And uh, I think that's also very different from modern movies that our protagonist here uh, doesn't have that sort of gotcha moment where it all clicks together. Like it's like even by the end of the film, he's still like he's still learning, which right. is a weird thing. It's usually you go through the montage, which there are plenty of classic iconic montage sequences in, in this film, the series. Uh, but there's not one where it's like, and now, now he's ready, and now he he is the Karate Kid, which I also thought was was interesting, and it's not something I remember uh, as a kid, uh, which is just a way of me tipping my hat to you, saying, hey, I kind of understand why you do a podcast on this series because uh, this is one that I never really thought I would revisit until I became friends with you and you uh, forced me into it. I mean, you <laughs> traded some dirty pictures to get me to do it, right. but <laughs> hey, sometimes that's that's all it takes. <laughs> Yeah, that, that's a um, really uh, interesting observation that you made because I, I don't feel that's ever really 
been brought up, uh, if anything, discussed amongst, you know, super fans. But yeah, I've never even thought about it. Um, to compare it to uh, a martial arts film that I do love, Bloodsport, uh, which, you know, I've been trying to say Classic. we should do like Lady Blood Fight or something like that. Um, but Van Damme uh, very much does that. You know, obviously it's a character of Frank Dukes, which is supposed to be real and the, the events are supposed to be true. But um, you see a young Frank Dukes learning uh, how to fight. And then as, a, as an adult, he's he's not cocky. He's um, pretty reserved, I feel, in his mannerisms. But but uh, he's got confidence. He he knows that he can take even the biggest guy in the room, uh, Chong Li, uh, in that movie played by Bolo Yang. So with this one, you're right. Daniel never uh, has that moment where he feels like he can take on take on the world. But I guess to his credit, Mr. Miyagi isn't really teaching him very, uh, you know, traditional <laughs> ways of, of, of fighting and training. You know, these are all chores, you know. And, and I mean, he could probably work with Vin Diesel in the Fast and Furious series. Like he could work in the garage because he definitely knows sure. how to keep a car <laughs> sure. clean. Well, um, uh, you, you mentioned uh, the garage because in Cobra Kai, there's a scene where he uses some very basic things in a um, auto uh, garage to to teach a, uh, a student of his s- some very similar um, you know muscle memory movements and stuff like that. It's it's a little bit uh, akin to and I, I saw in one of the the, the notes um, that they basically were were trying to craft like another uh, Rocky series here mm-hmm. to uh, you know and to continue the the fighting kind of sports. Um, you know, underdog story. You can see why, like, hey, can we make Rocky for like sort of a younger generation? Uh, I, I can see that happening, but there, there's a little bit not probably as over the top as something like Rocky Four when you're you have Rocky like training in nature and the snow and like tree trunks, and then you have the uh, highly technical, uh, you know, Soviet thing where it's all about um, advanced metrics and like robotics and things of that nature. It doesn't go as far in the Karate Kid, but certainly this one-on-one relationship that Daniel has with Mr. Miyagi, where there's an actual friendship that develops. Like I highly doubt there was ever, you know, a cutscene or even something that happened in this 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 world, this movie world, where you have the <laughs> the guys from like Cobra Kai stumbling into their mentor like on the verge of tears like drunk like remembering like you know <laughs> past troubles that he's had like i mean maybe i don't, I don't know I'm, not, I'm making no judgment about these fictional characters but i highly doubt that any of those particular students uh have anywhere near the personal relationship that uh daniel and mr miyagi develop in this film yeah we we definitely don't see that um there's things that have come out afterwards uh recently there was a four issue uh cobra kai comic book or comic series uh, that I haven't read them, but um, I do know that it takes place between. Uh, well, it actually it, it leads up to the Karate Kid, I believe. Gosh, I mean, I'm I'm staring at issue four right now. It's you know right here. See, you're you're gonna be the one that gets any hate from super fans. I I'm <laughs> the one that's like, hey, I watched this once when I was a kid. Uh, now I'm seeing it again. I like it. It's good. Thank you, Peter. And you're the one, you're the one that has all the pressure on your shoulders to know all the details of the saga. I do actually. Just a little bit of pressure. Don't um, you host a, like a weekly trivia show on this? 
I, I do, but you know what? I don't come up with the questions. Uh, you know, shout out <laughs> to my co-host Brianna there that, that comes up with all the questions. And honestly, I, I would fail almost every week uh, with some of those questions <laughs> that she asks. <laughs> so, you, so you've got the look that Daniel has, the image I have on yeah. his face. Like, I hope this works out. I go I into every trivia thinking, gosh, you know, I'm just glad I'm not playing. Can we bring up? Okay, it's I've been good. I think so far. Okay, we're we're, we're almost <laughs> like we're over fifteen minutes in this. I started this off with the reference to Elizabeth Shue. That's the area of the film I really want to focus on, and okay. I know it's it's probably not uh, where uh, the super fans want to. Uh, and I also like am careful because I don't know your feelings on Elizabeth Shue because I feel like she's a controversial figure when it comes to the Back to the Future saga. Well, I mean, I, I definitely associate her more with Allie with an I uh, than Jennifer Parker, uh, which I uh, mentioned on Podstalgic, right? Where uh, we mm-hmm. reviewed yep. Back to the Future for its 35th anniversary. Can we uh, get a bell every time Podstalgic is mentioned? Just a little Well, <laughs> hold on now. I feel like the last episode you were bringing it up for me, or maybe the one before that. But uh, yeah, it, uh, I, I associate her with this movie and also Adventures in Babysitting and obviously like some of her other stuff. But in terms of growing up, these are the movies I saw her as. Like, I still watch her in Back to the Future, and I still don't see her for some weird reason. You know, I, I see Jennifer Parker played by somebody else. It's really weird. But um, so do you want to talk about her specifically or, like, the love triangle? No, Daniel's, da- Daniel's, like, so his, he's just, like, cocksure when it comes to her for some reason. Which is, I'm not saying that if I had... Uh, gone to into any sort of fights with the, these bullies especially and there when i was a kid i distinctly remember them in like the uh the halloween like yeah. party chasing him like that that group shot of him and him in that clever but not probably the best for running uh shower <laughs> tub costume that he yeah, he's an invisible man yeah <laughs> good for uh almost you know secretly i guess making out with elizabeth shu so i guess i would take a beating uh for that if that's the the trade-off but this Daniel here doesn't think that he's going to win these fights, even with someone in his corner, but with almost no one in his corner, he keeps taking swings at the bat with Elizabeth Shue. Right. Like the, you know, she is, I don't know for a fact, um, and a super fan can correct me, but she's kind of posited as like, you know, the prettiest girl in school. She's certainly the one that him just talking to her, he gets beat up <laughs> just for like trying to take up for her because of her associations with these school bullies. Where do you think that that comes from? Because it's a weird dynamic for him to play that he's got such such confidence when it comes to, I guess, his social skills, uh, but none when it comes to karate. So it's not like he's just completely down on himself. There are certain areas of his life where he thinks he's got some game. Yeah, you know, I guess I never really looked at it that way um, either. I, I feel like when he does, you know, speak to her, whether it's at the dance or at school, she's not around Johnny and, and the boys, you know, she's usually with her friends. So um, I feel without their presence that he's a little bit more confident and, you know, can kind of act more more like himself. Since he got beat up from the get-go in the very, you know, on the beach <laughs> – yeah, before he, he even goes to school, before even day one. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So you know he has to be like on guard and just make sure that he doesn't get his ass kicked again. Do you, that is one area where even uh, I think she 
she's pushing him. There, there's a sequence where they're talking with her and one of her friends who is not supportive of, of Daniel. Uh, sees him as kind of like a nuisance or like, you know, the annoying new kid. Uh, and he, he basically runs like he's walking with her. <laughs> he sees him and he's like, it's cool. It's cool. I'll, you know, I'm just going <laughs> to, I'm just going to go this way now. Like, don't worry about it. Like I've got it handled, which um, yet again is something that I give this, as I said, fictional character a lot of credit for uh, he's taking full ownership of the fact that he's like, uh, yeah, if I go that way, I'm going to get beat up in front of you again. Like he's, he's not someone pounding his head against the wall saying I'll get him this time. Like, and I think in most movies, like with a, like sort of a high school bully, you would immediately have the, the character plotting, like I'll get my revenge or I'll get my, my boys to help me out or something. And this guy doesn't have that, I guess, cause he's a fresh face. He's the East coast kid coming to California, which that's another point I want to mention to you. Are there people that love, is it Newark? Is that where he comes from? Newark, New Jersey? Yeah, yeah. I tell you what, I might have I might have some issues. I understand the kid's leaving some friends behind, but if I'm the mom and I hear this teenage boy complaining about going to sunny California with Elizabeth Shue around, it could be worse, man. You, I mean, you could, you could be moving to a small town with absolutely no one around and no Elizabeth Shue. And it's just like, okay, she didn't send you to, you know, uh, Wyoming or something like you are going to California. <laughs> no offense to anyone from Wyoming. I mean, I don't think anyone wants to come to Kentucky we, I think necessarily we have, either. We have a huge listenership in Wyoming, actually, sir. So you've been... <laughs> well, you know what? Uh, as soon as the, the quarantine and COVID is lifted, I will make a grand tour of Wyoming and I will definitely eat crow. Something my wife reminded me of, we actually had planned, I remember texting with you about it, uh, this like sort of post July 4th around this time period where we're going to come to Portland for the yeah. first time. That was our summer plans. And then uh pandemic kind of screwed that. Yeah. Yeah. This, this was going to be the year for everything. Uh, I was also supposed to meet uh, Mariano for the first time. My co-host out uh, uh, postalgic, but also there was a huge um, back to the future experience in, uh, in Seattle that was supposed to be uh, back in March where I was going to take a photo with, you know, uh, Leah Thompson, Thomas F. Wilson, Christopher Lloyd, and Michael J. Fox, but had to cancel. So uh, 2020 was definitely not the year. At least I saw my pictures of you on the yeah, wall. Well, you got that. Yep. You know, with my, uh, you know, with my uh, kisses on, on the picture too, you know. For any new listeners we have, they're going to think, man, this is weird. It's almost 100 episodes of these two guys. Like, what are they? <laughs> is this in the continuity? No, this was just introduced in the continuity of the show uh, for this episode because it's a special episode. Uh, but, yeah, that was, the, that was the main thing on Rewatch that just stuck with me is the way uh, Ralph Macchio just chooses to play it or was directed to play it, the way it was written. I don't know who's responsible for this characterization, but it's really interesting uh, for, for a high school lead that he's not – yeah, you know, he's three-dimensional. He's by no means like ever like a total dork, although he does kind of dorky things, but yeah. he can be smooth. Uh, he's actually got, you know, he's on the date, even with my favorite scene in the movie is where the mom has to drive them to to the oh, date to the do car, the date, right, and, then right. they, and then they have to push the car to get it going. Like this kid has to handle a lot of like very uncool things happening that you think any, almost any, and you, you can speak to this as a father, you would think it would just crush a teenage boy if you know some girl he's into or or whatever some boy whatever love interest he's got you would just think this would be like haunting like i'm never going back to school after this and that's the thing is i was more impressed with the daniel character not from the fighting aspect but he's able to pick himself up socially and just roll with things that i think that it would it would just send someone into like homeschooling for like the rest of their high school days later on when she picks them back up 
you know, there's even a little bit of shade to her car. You know, she's, you know, they're like, nice car, Mrs. LaRusso, you know, that whole thing too. So it just, it just keeps getting added on. But um, yeah, you're right. Like, oh gosh. Yeah, I know, I know I feel really bad. But, you know, I mean, John G. Alvinson also directed Rocky. Rocky, you know, he was confident in himself, but he never appeared, you know, like really cocky or anything like that, too. So maybe it was um, a little bit of directing from John G. himself as well, you know, but um, that to is going to go a different kind of a different direction because Rocky is definitely the gentle giant. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, Sylvester Stallone in that portrayal has more reasons to be cocky than a teenage kid. Well, you yeah, know, a scrawny sure. teenage kid. But you're right. It's very different. Like, like the way that it's it's directed here. It's just really impressive. Um, and I, I think that it's it's probably what contributes to it being such a classic. Like, is it almost leans like if you're like myself and you had not you know seen it in a while or you had distant memories of it, it definitely leans more like classic 80s high school story than it does just pure fight movie, which mm-hmm. is the stuff that I, I liked. I like that that blend more than just being a fighting movie. Yeah, it's you know, you mentioned like sometimes he's dorky. Like there's there's definitely moments where he just looks up and starts talking to himself. You know, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, there's those little little touches. But, um, you know, may, maybe that's why like the people that do like Daniel, um, they, they, I mean, they, they probably feel they can relate. You know, he's kind of like the, the every boy. He's not you know, exuding confidence and is cocky, you know, where, whereas th- those type of characters can really turn people off. And, um, you know, maybe. Now, wait a minute. Are you not one of those people? Cause you said the people who like Daniel. So are you, were you one of the high school bullies? Peter? Uh, you yeah, I mean, I might've been in the middle, <laughs> <laughs> might've been in the middle, but I'm, I'm not going to share those stories. Um, <laughs> now what do you think? Okay. So you, you, you mentioned, you know, when he is with Elizabeth Shue, he's got like these confidence, what do you think or how do you feel about uh, about Johnny? You know, because, you know, like the, the scene at the school dance, you know, he uh, he's rolling he's rolling up a joint, you know, minding his own business. And here comes Daniel pouring water on him, you know, <laughs> right, right above the stall. I, I see, uh, you know, you're kind of outing yourself a little bit more where you're, you're taking up for the, the bully here where you're saying. <laughs> oh, Cobra Kai is about Johnny. You know, I covered that show. I, I have to I have to find a balance here between the two. I, I mean, I think the the Johnny character is interesting, uh, maybe not until later in the film. Like when you see the dynamic between how he's being trained, uh, it it doesn't entirely excuse his behavior to, you know, his, his peers, uh, his fellow man. But you can definitely see his worldview being shaped by, you know, this basically a sadist. I mean, his, his teacher is saying that you not only have to defeat your opponent, but you have to like embarrass and like cause them – not just physical, but probably like future, like pain to their psyche. You know, mm-hmm. you, ha- you have to completely right. break them down. It's very military, uh, like, uh, and considering that you're dealing with minors, it has like a more kind of tedious villainous kind of plot to it because they, these are people that like, I, I'm sure you remember when you were in the stall, like, you know, rolling up a joint and some little, you know, 80 pound weakling dumped yep. water on you I, I and you went to rage. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like you don't think clearly when you're a teenager so a little bit you can absolve Johnny uh here but he also I keep going back to Elizabeth Shue because that's probably the as you mentioned the love triangle that's where you get a little bit of a glimpse of his uh social graces if you want to call them that mm-hmm. he has no confidence he has no idea how to really approach her without bringing he's the one making it a love triangle it's not really Daniel Daniel didn't know 
That'd who this girl was. Together. Right. Yeah. But the only way he can talk to her is by comparing himself to someone else. He doesn't have the, the inner confidence to just say, this is me. This is what I'm about. Uh, whereas Daniel coming with nothing from Newark, he can be fairly open about what he's, what he's into, like what he's like, like he's, he's fine having a one-on-one conversation with someone and doesn't need to point and laugh at someone else and say, you you should talk to me because I'm better than that. And that seems to be Johnny's thing. He has to have, uh, basically some, some mirror image to like compare himself to. And so, I mean, that's probably true of a lot of bullies in that way. Cause otherwise, why are they obsessed with someone that they dislike? Like why even give it a second thought? There's a scene in, uh, in Mad Men, it's kind of, I think it's like a GIF moment now uh, where you have uh, this younger guy in the company who has had a disagreement with John Hamm, very handsome John Hamm, Don Draper. This isn't Pete you're talking about? Not Pete. Oh, okay. Uh, although Pete is a squarely character. I, I actually can't remember the character's name, but he comes in one of the later seasons. Uh, uh, I haven't finished it yet. I, I think I left off of season four. I need to catch back up on that show. I love Mad Men. Yeah. Um, but he says something to the the effect of like, um, you know, it's like basically like, how do you go home? like basically of the events of the day? How do you go home and like sleep at night or whatever? Like, yeah, I just can't imagine you like thinking back on this and like respecting yourself. And Don Draper's like, uh, I go home. I don't think of you at all. Like <laughs> you know, it's the most emasculating kind of sequence where it's just like, you're not even on my radar. That, I mean, that's how, and that's, that's the problem with, with Johnny is that he's always thinking about, uh, other people uh, as a means of how to prove himself as opposed to just 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 being himself with Elizabeth Shue. And I, th- I think that's what she she likes about Daniel. Now, she does. They do have that one kind of breakup little tiff where uh, Daniel kind of loses confidence for a little bit when her group of friends comes up and he they ask her if she wants to go. And he's like, you know, you could have gone if you wanted to. And she's like, if I wanted to go, I would have. Right. But, you know, that's that's the one moment where he has doubt that she wants to be around him. And that's the that's also the moment where she uh, doesn't really want to be around him because he's doubting himself for the right. first time. So yep. uh, I, I really like the dynamic here. And I, you know, a preview of a future episode coming up this month. I'm very upset with uh, another film in this series where in the first scene uh, they mentioned – uh, this character that she plays. Oh, she went off with some other guy and that's it. And you know me, Peter, you know how livid I was when the se- when the movie starts in the first five minutes, they announce, Hey, guess what? There'll be no Elizabeth Shue this movie. I, it was unforgivable. Unforgivable. Well, I mean, there's no, to be fair about that. It was a shitty way to write off the character, but they were also going to Okinawa. So, you know, unless she came along, there was really no, I, that's what I thought when I found out the premise. I'm just like, hey, it makes sense that maybe her appearance or maybe she's got other stuff going on. You don't have to just say <laughs> she's dead to the series now. Right. But crashed his car to... and, and, yeah. and left with somebody else. <laughs> but we'll get into it. That'll be, uh, I think, the final episode of this month when we, we get to uh, one of the sequels. And I'll, I'll save my rants for then. But for now, I really like this. I like this this movie. I liked its look at uh, high school relationships. Very good. I, I'm I'm glad you liked it. Uh, you you were definitely um, you definitely spoke more about this movie than I did for sure. But I think you know. It, Do you think it, that's it, the newness, like coming to it without like the history with it? Like, I think so. Absolutely, I think so. I mean, I, I have plenty to say about this movie and a lot of other shows that that I've done, including Postalgic, where I reviewed it with uh, uh, Tom, who was my guest at the time, and you know, at length, you know, over at Cobra Kai Companion. 
But um, if you like this story, like I, I feel, you know, you should check out Cobra Kai, at least a couple of episodes, the first two episodes, just to kind of see where these two Isn't pick up. Coming to uh, Netflix or is it already on Netflix as of this recording? It has been announced that it will be coming to Netflix, but it is not yet available. So uh, everyone's kind of waiting to find out when it's coming out because everyone's waiting for season three now, which has been ready to release in some time. Uh, but YouTube was all, you know, was moving away from their scripted shows. And so now that they found a new home at Netflix, uh, I'm sure just some crossing the T's and dotting the I's and all that stuff uh, before we can well, find out. I'm also sure a lot of these streaming services where COVID-19 has shut down a lot of productions, they're probably trying to space out their new material too. Like, you know, they're they're trying to see how far they can stretch things before they can get production uh, ramped back up. But I think you had told me previously that uh, Netflix had acquired the streaming rights to the film series, right? Or at least some of them. I don't know about secure the rights or anything like that, but the the first three movies are available on Netflix. So, I mean, it could be a thing where, like, you know, they're going to be up there for now. Then maybe Amazon is going to throw them up at some point. So I so I don't know if there's any exclusivity, you know, uh, via Sony or anything like that at this point. But if you like this conversation and you want to follow along for the rest of the month, what Peter is telling you, not me, because Peter does all he's the research team here. Uh is that you can check out. You can revisit uh, the Karate Kid that we discussed on this episode right now on Netflix. And they do not uh, support the show in any way. Um, actually, uh, we'll take any advertising, right? Within reason at this oh, point. Yeah, absolutely. But but the other thing is like the next movie that we will be reviewing is not currently on Netflix. Oh, no. So that's why they're not <laughs> sponsored. Yeah. That's the only reason. Not not that our audience is small. Uh, it's just because we're not consistent. We're not doing a Netflix and chill show here. No, no, we're not. Uh, which I'm sure there is a show called that. Pos- almost positive. There's probably a, a, a few, a good number of them that have taken that title. So what is the next one for uh, original remake? Because we've got our original we covered. So That's right. that so follows that the next one is? The remake, the 2010 Jackie Chan and Jaden Smith vehicle. Everyone's very favorite remake. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. <laughs> Oh, boy. So uh, until then, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Original Remake. And uh, Michael, where can they find you if they want to check out more of your other stuff? Yeah, you can uh, find me. Uh, I guess the only like, you know, Instagram and Twitter that I uh, consistently use with the same name uh, is at Projecting Film. I'm also on Letterboxd under that account. So if you want uh, bite sized, little sarcastic reviews, uh, you can pretty much find me at Projecting Film on uh, social media platforms. And we've been talking about my Cobra Kai podcast, Cobra Kai Companion, Companion spelled with a K. Uh, check that out if you love these movies um, and have not yet checked out Cobra Kai or even uh, my podcast. One of my recent episodes, we did a live stream on YouTube uh, where I spoke with the creators of Cobra Kai and had a um, so a surprise visit from Ralph Macchio and William Zafka uh, themselves. So um, can, I, can I just make fun of your uh, stoic face that you had? And that, because I watched that clip a couple of times. Okay. And you have like, at least with the reveal, it's like you, you're just like, yeah, this was always going to happen. <laughs> like, like the look on your face is like, yeah, this is totally normal. And I'm like, dude, 
It's like, is this is this the uh, these are the type of friends that uh, Peter rolls with? Now I have to watch myself as far as am I going to say anything negative about the performances? <laughs> I was like, I don't think so. At least not in the first one. So I'm not picking on one of Peter's friends now. Well, I mean, the the thing is, uh, I was actually using my phone. So when they came on, all I heard was audio. I didn't even see them pop up. Um, so on my phone, I still saw the three creators. I had to swipe over to see that Billy and Ralph had popped in. <laughs> <laughs> well, you looked cool. You were, you were playing it totally cool there. Just because yeah, I didn't know it was them. Yep. <laughs> All right. That makes sense. Yeah. So uh, check that out. And again, the next episode will be the remake. And until then, we'll, we'll see you guys next time. 